Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to Off The Beaten Track podcast with me, Stu Whiffin. Hope you're all good. Um, I'm good. I'm really excited to put this episode out. Thanks for your support so far with this New podcast, it's still new I guess, um, the, the feedback I've received from you lot has been absolutely lovely, um, yeah, thank you so, so much. Um, okay, so before I tell you who the guest is, uh, as you probably know by now, if you've listened to any previous episodes, um, I play some of the tracks on these podcasts, but because of some licensing um, business with, with publishing and whatnot, um, each of these podcasts is accompanied by a Spotify playlist. So um, if there's any of the songs that the guests discuss that maybe you don't know or you do know and you want to listen to again or you just want to listen to the playlist in full, just head over. The The links are generally with all the social media postings. Um, when you download this from Acast, um, you have all the information about the guest and, and such uh, on that page and the link is there as well. Um, so today's guest, today's guest is Miss Jordan Gray. Um, you may know Jordan from appearing on the Distraction Pieces podcast and has also previously been a guest on Hardcore Listing podcast uh, with myself and Chris and she has a very interesting story. Um, uh, she was born um, a man and has in recent years become a woman uh, and that can't have been easy for somebody that was born in a very rough part of where we live um, in Essex um, which isn't necessarily the most forgiving of towns uh, or understanding of towns and Jordan talks about this um, and she talks about her career in music um, from playing from a very young age and, and, and some amusing stories about dance routines uh, in some colourful outfits, uh, through to becoming a finalist on The Voice um, and then right the way through to now and her storm in the world of comedy. Um, just uh, probably by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be in Edinburgh performing her new show. I don't need to say anything else because Jordan's really good at talking. She's smart and interesting and has done a lot. And it was a privilege to sit down and, and, and chat to her. So um, big shout outs to the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to 76 from Producer for doing this. Brad for doing the video content. Um, Adam for doing the artwork. And 
yeah, thanks to you for listening. And I'll see you at the end for a little catch up. Bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. And yeah, again, every time I seem to be recording these, the sun is shining. We're having a beautiful summer so far this year, and today is no exception. But there's another rare sunshine in the within this evening, and uh, it's my guest, the wonderful Jordan Gray. Hello, all right. Yes, I'm all right. How are you, Jordan Gray? I'm very well. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Good, good. We just had a... An awkward catch-up in the car where we're trying not to discuss anything that we want to discuss on here. Right, but we understand the conventions of this medium. The yeah. the listener deserves to hear it at the same time as you do and I do, yeah. Like so it's organic. Yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah don't want them getting sloppy second anecdotes. Exactly, we're coming at you fresh. <laughs> right, so let's get straight into it because we're introducing this, this podcast and so there's no better way to do it than with question one, which is... Jordan, what is the song with the greatest intro? Of all time, categorically, I think uh, Earth, Wind and Fire's September. Right. Tell me that that is what I told you, by the way. It was. Good. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm consistent, of course. Yeah. Because anything that starts with that, you, if a movie started with that, you're like, this is going to be a feel-good romp. Or if you hear that anyway, you're like, right, the night is about to begin. And you can use it year-round, I think, as well. It doesn't have to be limited. Are you are you a fan of Earth, Wind and Fire? Very much so, but not necessarily. I mean, there's not any Motown I don't like, but I don't actively go seeking that disco-y yeah. motown thing either. Just, yeah, I think they're great. They're wicked. So, I don't get it. Right, okay. Like, um, I love disco. I love soul music pretty much from when it probably started to, to, to now. And it's one of them bands that so many people I know are Adore them. Yeah. And yeah. I don't really like the the vocal. Okay. Okay. What's just uh, piercing, is it? Do it's quite, it's almost falsetto, right? Yeah. I was going to send you Tears of a Clown by Smokey Robinson. That would have uh, been worse. That's a start. Yeah, but true. no, Smokey, no. Smokey's got a, a beautiful yeah. voice. Right. But that's up there, isn't it? It is up yeah, there. Yeah. It is up there. But it, it, I don't know. I guess it's all down to taste, isn't it? And like yeah. there's something sonically about Earth, Wind, Fire. But I think it was the. I'm probably going to get this one wrong. It was either the... I think it was a bass player in Earth, Wind & Fire was Philip Bailey, who sung Easy yeah. Lover with yeah. Phil Collins. And okay. his falsetto, right. but that vocal... Oh, then it work in that song. So weird you should say that. I was going to actually... What I was really going to send you was Phil Collins' cover of Tears of a Clown, which is a really lesser-known track, but he did a really good cover of it. Really? And it offsets that sort of piercing Smokey Robinson vocal. It's like... It's a really popped-up version. Yeah. It's cleaner, because the old recordings are a little bit yeah. like the, they peak a little bit but yeah it's really really good I'm, I'm hoping to use it for a little project that's coming up um, but yeah I, you know it's the I think Earth, Wind & Fire it's that high end guitar disco yeah. sound that, that they started layering into everything yeah. it just gets you going and makes me really happy that's, that's disco right yeah. like disco music it's just good time music right. you know when, when you're, if, you know, if you're feeling a little bit low you're not going to well, I suppose you should put on some disco and feel better about yourself. But <laughs> generally, when you're low, you listen to low music, right? But if you're going to go out clubbing, for me, that opening of Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, no, I mean the edit, not the 
where he does a little talky bit at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Just a woo, and then it just drops. Yeah, yeah. That makes you want to dance. Like, like, yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure MJ will feature. Um, okay, so as a as an intro, <clears throat> see, we will get on to your career to date, um, which will involve you as a musician um, and a and a comedian. Yeah. So. Yeah. And your intro is going to be vital for both of those, right? The opening, you know, bar of your your song that you're starting your gig with, or as you you know as you walk out to stage for. I mean, do you have oh, got have you got walkout music? You like, mean like the metaphysically my intro to like my act in every sense? Like, yeah, like literally when you walk out onto yeah. stage, have you got a song that you come out to? Uh, I tell you why. I, I'm going to start by performing a song myself, but no, do I it. don't have walkout music, and that's because the ridiculous extortionate price you have to pay to have somebody behind a desk to press play to God, do yeah. walkout music. It weren't worth having walkout music for that. I'll just, yeah, yeah I'll just come out and do it myself. Um, it's so weird. When For the first six, I've, I did music for 10 years. For the first five, I'd just walk out and wouldn't say anything and sit down and think, this will speak for itself. Only when you realise you've got to give them something, like yeah. a, a cheeky little smile and a little opener, that things really turned around. You know, I think... I sometimes think like Dolly Parton is one of the greatest like comedians of all time. She she deserves that because she come out and warm people up instantly like with a little I don't know she the presence on stage before she does anything else. I think like she's a master though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> you see her a chat in between songs, yeah. and we'd be mad to think that that chat hasn't been said a million times right, yeah. all over the world. Yeah. The way she delivers it is like she's just talking straight to you because yeah. she's she's Dolly Parton. She's the master and like of and yeah, I I, I think that's a really good example. She's yeah. uh, like I, I have to lean into it organically. I think if I can find a real anecdote or something funny that's happening in the corner of the room, that will make me laugh and that will translate. I can't summon it out of nowhere but yeah. she seems to have got that on lock she can just every yeah. time just pull that jo- jovialness out of the yeah. bag so yeah um i've i've i think how it, it's very important in the first seven seconds to grab them i think that there's a statistic about that people make their mind up about you in the first seven seconds and you can prove them wrong over time but in comedy or music in, uh, in, in both life. right yeah and so uh, maybe it's maybe the parameters are different on stage because they're like right what's going on here um and there's also something i can never remember the phrase but it's when you look completely different to how you then sound like um, Susan Boyle. Right, right, yeah, that and and the other way around. I think someone that uh, in comedy people with like Tim Minchin started doing that, like dressing up all rock and roll, and then he comes out and he has his funny little Australian yeah. accent, and people like that. It's a comedy is all about surprise, um, and as a trans person, which we may or may not get to over the yeah. course of thing, I don't have that choice. It comes out, my voice comes out different to how I look, yeah. so I get that by default. That's always yeah. fun. I'll exacerbate it. I always come on nowadays like, ah, what? Like that last little thing. <laughs> and it, everyone turns around because if I haven't got them already, that gets them. Yeah. And then I'll make a little joke about that. Yeah. It's and then easy. Then you've really got easy. them, haven't you, right? Yeah. So I always say, no, it's not my real voice. I'm just an abomination. So aside from Earth, Wind and Fire. Yes. What else was in the running? Was there other considerations you did toy with? Um... Rock with you by Michael Jackson, just because of how abrupt it is. That's amazing. Yeah, that doesn't have to be a long intro. It doesn't have to be a 
No, sorry, a good intro doesn't have to be its own anthology, does it? No, it's not just, at all. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, Tears of a Clown. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 yeah, dun. Tells that, you what the song's going to be about. Yeah, really. yeah, I've never considered that, and that's a great shout. It's a proper tune. Yeah. Okay, right. So let's move on to number two, uh, which I ask you: What is the first song that you remember hearing that actually had a like an emotional impact on you? Good, bad, whatever. Just something that really struck you. Think. Right. Yeah. It's, I I remember this song because. Of the very limited uh, singing lessons I ever had, I did them when I was about eight, nine or ten years old, and this was the song that we chose to work on for those two years. Um, it was R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly, having seen it feature in the movie Space Jam mm-hmm. with Michael Jordan. And I think that happens when you're a kid, if you can associate, like, you know, the songs that are they're so big and they hold such importance for people because they were the... the uh, outro music on big movies you know don't you forget about me yeah. like those songs so yeah uh, if, um, I believe I can fly I didn't really even understand what it was about but there was a little kid playing basketball he wanted to get the ball in the thing and then that song starts playing and he achieves it I don't know just um, I spent two oh and my singing teacher at the time she told me you can start um, one really important thing that people forget is to put expression into the words so once you've got your pitch and your breathing and your timing think about the lines like uh, sometimes silence can seem so loud and you you sing it louder and quieter right. and those little considerations add character to a song and when you look at the lyrics of that song that's all the way through there's every line has got that option to yeah. add meaning to the words and um it's just ingrained in my dna now whenever i hear that ah oh. So that was eight years, you was about eight then? Yeah, eight, nine, ten years old, sort of, yeah, singing that song. And then, like, any extra function that came up in relation, like my singing teacher, she was a, a share impersonator. So whenever she'd do a show, a big working men's club show, I, I might go along and do I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. And then Snowman walking in the air until my voice broke. <laughs> 11. Genius. Yeah, that was my repertoire. Imagine that, walking into like Tilbury Working Men's oh, Club God, yeah. and you're ripping out R. Kelly, then doing Ali Jones while she's doing Believe by Cher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good night out right there. Um, the, the Pegasus <laughs> Club in Stamford. That, we did it there. Don't there. <laughs> I don't remember if it went well or bad because I nailed it. I mean, I nailed it. Yeah, yeah. cool. That's cool. my job. Yeah. My job's not to like get all the punters going. I'm yeah. eight years old. So I just, they wheel me out. I'm more adorable than that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I can fly. Um, what was you wearing? Uh, I would have, oh, little gold trousers, little gold jeans. Incredible. Um, I say off off yellow gold. Yeah. And a red Yves Saleron jacket with a little yellow um, stitching. They had the thing there. Um, sunglasses that were massive plastic sunglasses that I put over my ginger quiff at the time. That was the look. Incredible. Yeah. So no, n- more R. Kelly than Alan Jones. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember that so distinctly. And wow. trainers that, in my mind, they lit up. But maybe they didn't. Now I think about it. They were the kind that looked like they would have lit up. They had all the, in the, the you know, all the trainers that had all the air. Yeah, bubbles. yeah. You could see through it. It looked like a spirit level, like those yeah. trainers with the little things. Yeah. I, I remember, um, <laughs> like, there, there was always that kind of fear that um, if if it if it burst, you know, you'd have like one one foot that was like an inch <laughs> yeah. lower than the other because yeah, you, you know you had a puncher in your uh, in your Nike Airs. Um, so. This podcast is obviously going to be based around where you grew up. So 
I know where you was born, but for, for the, the, the sake of the listeners, where was you born? I was born in Allsit Hospital, and I lived in a little place called Hongdon on the Hill for a while before we uh, moved to Stamford, and then I spent most of my life in Tilbury Town. So okay. it shuffled around a little bit. Yeah. But Tilbury, yeah, I'm in Westcliff now, but for yeah. the longest time I lived in Tilbury Town. So for, for those that don't, um, or that have never frequented those areas, to give you a bit of a... Um, and in so Hongdon on Hills, quite middle class, and it's a village, and it's quite posh, isn't it? Quiet and, uh, and nice. Yeah. yeah. My mum and dad owned uh, Wacky Taffy, I think it was called, a little sweet shop in. Hongdon. Oh really? Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah, of oh, course. Oh yeah, yeah. They they ran that. Uh, um, oh okay, that's interesting. And then Stamford is obviously the home of Scroobius Pip, sure. our, uh, yeah. our mutual friend, um, which is where I was born as well, and uh, isn't quite so nice. Not anymore. It was alright yeah. when I was little. It was alright. I went, I went to Hassan Book School. We used to go, there's a little sweet, these were going to be sweet shops. That's how we're going to like okay. punctuate the thing. The, rain, the rainbow stores at the end of Rainbow Lane. And you know, you get your penny sweets and there was a husband and wife that ran it and the lady didn't mind doing penny sweets. She thought it was sweet for the kids to come in and the husband had no time for it whatsoever. So if he was there, you had to just be like, oh, just have a pound of sherbet or something. Yeah. He wouldn't let you pick one, one of them, two of them, three yeah. of them. But she quite liked it. So that was my... That was nightly. I'd be in there getting twenty p's worth of penny sweets. Yeah, it was all about the the pick and mix, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, oh, sweets are different. <laughs> Little. Um, and then from from Stamford, you go to Tilbury, and you know, I think it's safe to say for someone that has, has grown up there as well, um, that's not quite so nice as Horndon, right? No, and it you hear the horror stories about those places. Truly, it's more petty crime than anything else but it's still not very pleasant not no it's very, not no um it's obviously most people would know tilby from the docks and it's obviously yeah. it's a you know it's a, a docking you know it was always a community of, of, of dockers and their families and and obviously not so much now um but it's i've ever since i've been there i've heard that they were going to turn the seafront into some or the waterfront into some massive cosmopolitan mediterranean like new Disneyland type thing. Yeah. They're building Disneyland opposite, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, yeah they've so. took it over the over the water to Dartford, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so, when you was growing up uh, as uh, as a young man, um, was there music on at home? Yeah, yeah, always. It was uh, my parents' divorce when I was about eight, so my life was split between Elvis Presley exclusively on my dad's side, nothing but Elvis Presley. Well, perhaps a bit of Carl Perkins or million dollar quartet people like Johnny Cash would be on there maybe yeah. and then on my mum's side the big country divas so Celine Dion uh, Reba McIntyre proper yeah. good country songs like yeah. yeah not not your country in western not I've got anything are you into yeah. country music at not, all not not particularly no but I... then but then you hear those and you're like well, this undeniable Celine Dion's got one of the best voices that's, there's yeah. ever been bit of Barbara Streisand yeah I like a bit of Loretta Lynn yeah, yeah don't mind yeah, that sure. and obviously Dolly yeah uh, um so at this point, was you was you living with your dad, or was you was your time sort of divided between the two, or was you yeah, predominantly lived, with mum, or predominantly with mum? Dad's every Wednesday, I think. So Elvis Presley all the way in the car there, a bit while we'd be on there on like proper records mm-hmm. when we got there, and then in, on the, in the car on the way back. Um, How old was your name? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, I think they divorced when I was eight years old. And I remember, right, uh, mum, if you're listening, like. I'm 
saying it anyway. I think she went through like a midlife type thing and all of a sudden the music at home changed to like uh, now whatever it was at the time Brilliant. and suddenly there was loads of banging pop songs yeah. that I, I hadn't heard before. Had that impacted so. on you? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, the, the fact that there was obviously as much as people dismiss Nair albums it, it, was, it was the first album I ever yeah. owned was, was the first ever Nair album and, and I credit that to my, my obsession with music because it introduced me to so many different types of music That's on it. one album and, and you know and it was you cherry picked the ones that were your favourites and you, you you went and investigated those further and sometimes it was the, the, those songs those styles would never be on the same album together one after the next would they absolutely so yeah hearing that I don't know it inspired me I suppose uh and, yeah. as, and, and as well as that impacted on you, at eight or nine, what was the enormity of your, your parents splitting up? Was you know, was you too young to really grasp what was going on, or can you recall it? And was it you know, did it have a a big impact on you that you can? I feel oh. like I remember. I remember like the arguments and stuff, and a weird feeling of like you want. I don't know when you're. I feel like we were quite mature little kids, so we didn't want to upset either of them by spending too much time or talking about yeah. the other. And if my sis, if my dad got us like a present or something, well, the divorcee that they that you don't live with, they have got that extra income to yeah. spend on like presents and stuff. Gold trousers, right? Exactly. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> I think it might have been my dad got them, but you don't. Um, you, uh, even then, I remember thinking, well, of course, there's going to be it's going to offset by the fact that we live here, so daily food costs more yeah. so trying to give them each the same amount of attention yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. quite mature for a little kid I'm quite proud of that now yeah, I think about it it was never a question and credit to you for that yeah. you know that's a that's, that's quite a lot for a you know young lad to do right yeah and the, but we we would take the mick out of I mean I love Elvis Presley now but we would come back and tell mum about how dad wouldn't stop playing Elvis and that mm. was off. take the mick out of him for it but I secretly quite liked it favourite Elvis song any day now Really? It's amazing. It just builds so well. Yeah. I mean, it, um, I want to say like, if I can dream, but I'm a contrarian. So if something's too popular, I say I don't like that. That yeah. is probably mine. If I can dream. Yeah. It's an amazing song. Um, white suit, yeah. swinging the right arm. Yeah. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Kentucky Rain as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. a tune. I like, I quite like, I like epic Elvis, hmm. you know. Um, I do like the rawness of the early stuff, but I do like them big, powerful epic bangers yeah they, there's no richer sound from that yeah, era Noel yeah. Gallagher's favourite song uh, Elvis Presley's song If I Can Dream yeah, yeah uh, the, the vocal is just insane yeah. it's so good there's an incredible version of him playing uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water where he plays the piano is that where he's yeah. really fat yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's amazing as well yeah the that's incredible yeah that's um, he's got to be on his way out at that point hasn't he he's yeah. he's he, 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 his voice his voice, to me, is, is fracturing, which makes it right, yeah. even better. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's he's obviously not healthy. Mm. And uh, oh, The late yeah. Johnny Cash stuff, you can hear, it's like he's almost starting to affect a little speech impediment that Roy Orbison got in his later yeah. years. And, yeah, it adds a lot to it, yeah. the brokenness, a lot richer. Right, let's stop talking about incredible vocalists because we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get sidetracked here. So I want to move on to to track three for your playlist. Obviously, as as I've said at the intro, as well, the, the playlist is available um, over at Spotify. So um, that's have, such a good idea. Yeah, I'll say so there. Listen to all the songs. We'll throw an Elvis song in there as well. Yeah, let's do why it. not? Let's do it. Okay. Um, so I asked you to choose the song that reminds you of your time at school. Yeah. Um, and I, I should 
narrow this question down because all the previous guests that I've spoken to, I should sort of clarify that school's quite a long time, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. And I'm, I'm imagining, in my head, when I put that question together, it's secondary school, yeah, right? That's so when you kind of really start to develop your taste in music and, and you know, it's influenced a bit by your mates and, and whatnot. So, yeah. So what was your song? Oh, we, yeah, otherwise, for me, I, it, I was legitimately thinking the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> but then <there> was, <laughs> but, and I would have listened to that over and over in infant school. Was, yeah. I've chosen Points of Authority by Linkin Park because that's also the title track of the album that I burned out by listening to. Yeah. Just that there was such a divide between what we called grunges and goths and alternative and the rude boys who would basically sit in music, press the beat button on the keyboard and speed it up as fast as they could and sit there... On the top, that was the, and it was such a divisive thing. And then Lincoln Park came along, and they're all the distortion and disc scratching. I was like, this. Why does nobody know about this? And of course, everyone was hearing about yeah. it. But I thought I discovered it. That's yeah. why it's so exciting. And I wasn't an angsty kid, but they were appealing to angstiness. And I think I might have listened to it so much that I made myself an angsty kid, a retro-engineered angst into myself listening yeah. to that album. The the lyrics aren't. They're not super um, offensive or anything. It's just they're delivered. You'd be forgiven for thinking they were because yeah. of the delivery. But it's just, yeah, forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. There's no swearing in it, but yeah. it just sounds really aggressive. So you're talking about this song now. What what memory do you picture as soon as you hear that song? Sitting on the swing, listening to it outside with a disc man, holding it still while I'm swinging yeah. to make sure it didn't, didn't uh, go. Uh, at the pub that I lived at, I didn't mention that, but between uh, Tilbury and... Stamford, we lived in the Allsick Cock for a little while. It's no, not there anymore. So we had our own beer garden, and I'd just sit on the swing after school and listen to Lincoln Park for hours till it got dark. And I then didn't go know to... you used to live there. We owned it, yeah. My mum wow. owned the Allsick Cock. Do you remember? So like... the the club at the back, the Moonies, Moonies. Night, that was because of. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, right. Yeah, so we didn't invent Moonies. They came in, and, but we had a night called the Mosh Pit, and they sort of took that. Away over, right. over the top. Um, well, let's 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 leave that for the, the time being because I yeah. want to get into sure. your, your time when you start to go uh, and 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 yeah. drink beer and, and and dance and stuff. So I want to yeah. sort of go back to go back to school a little bit. And so, uh, were you playing music at this point? And was you? I I'd done Michael Jackson's Billie Jean for the Year Eight Talent Show, and that was my highlight thus far but yeah I, I was I was Alan Jones in and R Kelly and at the same time and then this thing came along that was opposite to everything I'd ever been taught i.e. this guy was screaming beautifully screaming I'd never heard somebody scream in tune before I, I've, I, my introduction to alternative music wasn't through heavy metal classic heavy metal it yeah. was this it started with this new metal this screamy mm -hmm. screamy thing all very dark and macabre Marilyn Manson after that and then it got a little bit lighter but yeah, just just that that thing of someone's pouring out that much emotion, and but it's carefully crafted. So you you, you done Billie Jean at school? Yeah, yeah. And so when you was at school, like, was, was you was you a confident kid? Like, because that's, no, that's, that's I mean, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't the the bravest of kids, but I know what it's like to to walk out on a stage and. You do need a bit of confidence to do that, right? Yeah, and to moonwalk out on stage doubly so, I think. Yeah. That's, you don't know what's <laughs> behind done, you. Undoubtedly. You don't know what's going on. Um, it was, it's, no, like, I've always had this thing of if I'm good enough at something, you'll make people, people will have to change their mind, just be undeniably good at something. Um, so that's all I had. So I wasn't, I had a, I had a, 
I, I had a ginger afro. So let's paint the picture. I had a massive ginger afro. You see my hair now. Yeah. It's down to my bosom and it's yeah. And it's black and curly. And even that's quite a sight. But imagine that, but without weighing itself down. Yeah. It's circumference around my head. They, yeah. That's what I had. I was a little ginger lollipop. Um. So. You see, because knowing people from Tilbury and growing up around there, a ginger lollipop moonwalking out to <laughs> Billy Jean to me. <laughs> Yeah. That's going to get you that's going to get you a kick in. Right. But then that's it. It's subscribing to that thing. I always knew that I didn't agree with the people that were bullying me. So yeah. maybe that's it. People think, well, they're more powerful than me. So they must be smarter as well as So you experienced that? Right. No, but my, my thing was always they may well have this tightly knit unit, but they can't be cleverer than I am. I'm the cleverest person I know. So if I want to do this, I'm going to do it and I shall take the subsequent bullying from that I, I don't know like just just did it just just and then the people that would I, th I think when you get them on their own some of them thought it was all right some of them yeah was of quite course good. of course and but it's that pack thing. mentality of not wanting to admit it in front of your friends isn't it yeah like, so when you said you'd done billy jean sang it as well sang and danced yeah billy jean in wow. little loafers sort of a silver it was as close as we could get to that to the original yeah um, what was it 81 I don't know, yeah, but, but the original Billy Yeah, yeah, where he first moonwalked, yeah. yeah. And I had a hat, and my mum sprayed my hair all black and tied it down, and then she was like, do you want me to pin the hat to your head? And I was like, no, I'm going to throw it like he does, and I got too nervous to do that, and, uh, yeah, it would have saved us an awful lot of time, basically, if she'd been able to pin the hat to it. Yeah. My head. So she had to spray all my hair, set it, and then gently put the hat on, and uh, but, yeah, I remember, it was good, all, you know, all the, like, the bully, uh, the equivalent of the bully girls like the cool girls they were like go on yeah really yeah. great and then all the boys had to sort of sit and watch that I don't know if it did me any favours to be yeah. fair but it put me on the map so <laughs> did, did you feel a connection with, with with people at school was there you know did you have lots of friends did you you know no I just, did you get up no. in the morning and think oh fuck I've got school or you know like I like work a lot and I really like I used to get excited about English not music didn't never did music I found it, I thought it was really boring having to learn the same thing on these antiquated keyboards that's all we had um but you know you make friends with the little misfit groups and eventually we form this uh grindcore bands you know and i'm i'm rapping like i'd heard on lincoln park that's all i knew mm -hmm. how to do but the, i remember the conversation distinctly um i had maybe three friends and they were the guitarist the bassist and the drummer of this band mm -hmm. and adam Bullpit, bless him he comes up to me and he goes jordan we've uh we've got a band uh would you like to come and do your Michael Jackson shit over the top of it? That was his exact wording. I was like, yes, please. What a that job description. Great. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that sounds easy. Give that, that Jordan a call. He does yeah. that Michael Jackson <laughs> shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what type of band they were thinking of for me. said he don't throw the hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a jarring... Yeah, I, I remember school life in terms of musical periods yeah very much the, it was very much the bowie of year of my school yeah just I, I, I thought of it in chapters of music and obviously we'll get on to the comedy now because obviously yeah. you know um, sorry we'll get on to the comedy a little bit later but obviously people often say like you know that the comedians were like you know it's a defence mechanism to try and make the bullies laugh and things like that I, I, was, you, was you a funny kid oh not at all definitely not funny. I think I can make my friends laugh but most of us can can't we because yeah. your friends Definitely, definitely not. I um I used to get the older kids, and it's only now as I say opposite you, I'm realising it might have been ironic, used to come up to me when I was in little, like year seven or eight, and they'd make me sing songs. 
in a, and they're in a circle. And you know, I'm, as far as I remember, it was it was well received. Yeah. But it might have just been a look at this weird little kid. He does like the Jackson. I'm like, yeah, you want a bit of this? <laughs> um, Go and get that lollipop kid. Yeah, lollipop kid. Do your Michael it's Jackson shit. Um, but. Yeah, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I just thought I remembered that and it's no, no, I've I was, just I was, had to reevaluate that that no, might have no. been ironic. Well look, let's let's move yeah. on to the, the fourth track because I'm sure it's it's in and around that time looking at oh God, what, yeah. what your answer is then it's it's very much um of, of that time. So I asked what the um, track four is always the first record that you you remember buying. Yeah, I broke up with my first girlfriend, so I was fourteen or fifteen and devastated. So my mum took me out to get jacket or something to make me feel better i guess that's the running theme in my yeah. family is a nice little jacket and i saw that and i remember hearing it uh on something or other and um she gave me the extra money i needed to get the blink 182's pink album um because i wanted to listen to i miss you over yeah. and over and over again i mean not a particularly inspired choice for a breakup song yeah it doesn't it was it just does what it says on the tin but yeah. i wore that album so thin yeah i miss you i miss you and then it has a lyric in it. Um, we can live like Jack and Sally if we want, which is a reference to the Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. films. And that was really popular at the time. And my ex had a little Nightmare Before Christmas uh, backpack with Jack yeah. Skillen's face on. And I just, it got to that point. I knew it was coming. Oh, God. <laughs> I stayed in bed for like two days just crying and listening to that. It's a good album. Yeah. It was one, it was like their concept album. I, I mean, I've, I've not heard the album, but yeah. I miss you. It was obviously monster single, wasn't yeah. it? And, and I think it was the first single where in the videos they weren't running around beaches with their knobs out. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. They, they were all quite sombre. And, and it's a sombre song, right? Yeah, it's like got seep, it was like sepia, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Old, old style filming. Yeah, everything else on the album is pretty up. There, there's a few on there. It, it's like a, um, Green Day's American Idiot album yeah. in that it's a concept album. It runs really, really well yeah. as a story. Uh but yeah, it had a, I'm feeling this on it. Yep. Let me go in her room. Yeah. I'm feeling this. Like, yeah. And yeah, you're right. All the other songs in the album are really um, upbeat. I don't know. Just, yeah. It, and it gets me today even still. It's just Matt's voice. Whenever Matt used to sing on Blink-182, I just think, oh. He's either, where are you? He's either like the more No, no, that's the other guy. Right. That's the other guy. So, hello there. Yeah, that Angel one. Front. That's, that's Matt. Right. I can't, well, I can't remember the lead singer's name right now. It doesn't matter. So, is yeah. Is it... Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge, that's, let me go in her room. Yeah. And then Matt's feeling this. Like, yeah. whenever Matt used to sing something, I was like, oh, because he's not the singer. Is it, and he sings a lot on I Miss You. Is it Tom that's gone a bit crackers? Tom, he went off after and formed Angels and Airwaves. He's that is, one. Is Tom the one that's don't know big on the conspiracy right theory thing? I don't know, maybe. Mm. Listen well, to listen to him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay, Whoa. wow. All right then, sure. Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting listen. Okay, and oh, then uh, and then yeah, Travis. Yes, he went off and he did quite well, didn't he? These serious projects. Transplants, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, really. Uh, plus four four was that him as well? Yeah, and I think he played on. What was that other song he played on? Um, oh God, um, he played on that oh, Scribbius Pit record. That was it. What did he? Yeah, he played drums on. Um, oh God. It uh, sounds like you're pretending to not know this. No, <laughs> like, I really actually... I was at first, but, but now I'm actually thinking of the name of the song. Oh, it, was the, it was the bloody lead single. Um, Hello, my name is Pip. And, oh, right. Uh, yeah. 
just pounding it every night because I was getting paid quite a lot of money to I'd, I'd gone solo by then and started playing piano yeah and getting paid an, a fairly good amount because it's an easy thing to book somebody for for yeah. a pub isn't it like getting you know people leaning on the keyboard with pints and stuff it wasn't pleasant but it's covers you know I'm playing like uh, it's better than working in Asda mate right well yeah I mean so I'd I, there was a place that's not even there anymore called the Old Orleans at Lakeside. I used to play there once a month and that gave me enough money to drink there for the rest of the month, so they're quite happy. So, yeah, just... Because the metal scene died down, so there wasn't anywhere to go for a proper little goth such as myself. Yeah. So I had to start... I had to hang up the old leather, you know, mm-hmm. trench coat and put the makeup away, which would eventually come back out later. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just during those years, as you say, really important, didn't have anywhere to be or go, so I was just plonked in a local boozer just waiting for the next gig to come along and it was quite strange because i was running alternative nights and you know there was big metal scenes still um in in some of the the, the smaller venues i was doing yeah the, you were the final bastion of that scene i think yeah. and then it disintegrated in, in, like, in our know. very immediate area right you're sure and sure, yeah. uh, and it was quite strange because you would have on on a lineup like Two or three full-on metal bands, right? And yeah, then yeah. literally in between that, you would like rock on with your keyboard, yeah, and literally play American Pie, American Pie, yeah. and yeah, and Jeff Buckley, and oh, man. and uh, and 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 it was just bizarre because everybody knew you from yeah from having done yeah. Like, and it it was strange because I didn't know you before that. And so for me, you was, as I've said to you several times since, you was, when I first met you, I thought, he's quite an awkward kid, you know, and very little eye contact and, and, and you was very shy around me. And, yeah. and then I was just thinking, I remember the first time thinking, oh God, this pock is going to fucking die when he gets up on this stage. <laughs> and literally my mate, uh, I had a guy that worked with me called Lee Yates. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. And Lee was like, mate, trust me, they're going to love him. And so you just good. went up there and everybody knew you anyway. And and this awkward kid just sat behind this fucking piano in between metal bands and just silenced the fucking room. And what came out of your mouth was beautiful. Thank you. And, like, and, I, w- I wouldn't even do that now. If I was booked, I wouldn't play original songs like that now. Yeah. I'd try and keep it more upbeat. It's yeah. just weird that time was so... It's a like, really cushioning sort yeah. of crowd. I, maybe when you're coming out of college, everyone yeah. bands around the people that are doing well, don't they? It's yeah. like a, you've, got, you've already got a, um, a captive audience because you've yeah. been in college with these people like all the time. So that's, yeah, that's what happened there. So we haven't even got to the song that soundtrack your years clubbing or your years not really clubbing. Yeah, the only time, the reason I put this on there is because. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's the only times I ever went clubbing. This, this and songs by this artist would be the only things I got up to. It was like, right, yeah. I know this, as we've mentioned already. Um, I've put Wannabe starting something by Michael Jackson. So if, if, it, if any of Michael Jackson's bass lines dropped, because that's how they obviously get into like the remix... I'm up moonwalking, drunk yeah. though now. So yeah. it's it's amazing your muscle memory while you can yeah, remember. Yeah, of course, you're still there. Yeah, um, and that was the one that I heard most often. And perhaps like JLX's uh, Elvis Presley, JLX. Uh, what was it? A little less conversation. Oh, the Junkie XL mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that and Wanna Be Starting Something. If they came on, I was up doing anachronistic dancing from yesteryear yeah. again still with the same attitude of like if I can nail this yeah. and I feel like I am right now or I'm completely smashed on Alcapops then everyone would take me seriously dazzling with confidence yeah that's it Yeah, still had me out on didn't throw that yeah. away the ginger lollipop had gone right at this point yeah exactly now it's I've dyed my hair since I was about 16 because I joined a death metal band it didn't look right yeah of course yeah, anyone could see you you can be <laughs> as liberal as you want didn't look right yeah um, Can you be ginger and heavy metal? I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, who's... Uh, they did a favour house, Atlantic. Uh, Good Eye, Snape... Coheed and Cambria. Leads right. I mean, that's not heavy metal, but it's metal. It's pretty up there, yeah. Yeah, and he had a big... He had the same hair as I would have had. Yeah. If I hadn't dyed my hair now, just to give you some context, listeners, I'd look like... <laughs> well, my hair would look like, like Gina Davis or Julia Roberts in My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah. I've got long, curly hair that would have yeah. been dark, dark red. It's cool to be ginger now, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've, I mean, I can't let it grow out. I've been growing it out until the day I die just for that look. So, I'm stuck oh, with it. Oh, dear. Um, so, right. yeah, want to be starting something. So, did you did you expect anything from clubbing? When when you know when you went out, if you were to go to Southend, what were you going there for? I was with someone that was going anyway, and I was expecting some drama and some crying. Not from myself, I was yeah. just be quietly smashed in yeah. the corner. It was. I was passive. I was a passive consumer of the club culture. I did not go for excitement. It was cold. Didn't want to wait around. It's really expensive. So yeah, just to be wherever my partner was. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I had no. I didn't have that. Metal clubs, sure. Yeah, go and experience something new. Yeah. You know, get your head blasted off. But I don't know. Wasn't super excited by electronic music for quite a long time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for track six. Um, I've asked you to pick a song from an artist from your hometown. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I mean, there's many, and there's many that I would thought, oh, you wouldn't have known about, um, and that'd be good to give them a plug. Let's do it. I didn't do that. 
<laughs> no. Oh, right. No. So you haven't actually no. even thought of any of those? No. Well, I, I mean, as an honourable <laughs> mention, I, I've spent a great deal of time in her youth. You know, youth, she's a young person with um, Anne-Marie, who's obviously smashing it at the moment. Like, we work together quite a lot. Oh, really? Um, yeah, she did some, she helped me choreograph some dancing in a big concert I did of my own stuff. And everyone else dropped out apart from her and our, one of our close friends. So she ended up leading the choreography for this. Wow. Number. And she, she was always going to smash it. She's got a great attitude, great voice. Um, My daughter saw her supporting Ed Sheeran a couple of weeks ago and right. said I think she was quite charming, aren't phenomenal. They? Yeah, mm. she's just great. She's so good and she she has not changed since she was. She's there. she's Essex and she's chumps away, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I would have said Anne Marie, but just sheer listening, just to, like I've listened to Intro Diction by Scroobius Pitt more times than I've listened to anyone else I can mention from Essex. Um, I, it's, it's just annoying for you to for me to list more accolades. Yeah. Yeah, do you, should we just not... Let's we, play a bit, yeah. come on, <laughs> right. let's play a bit. It'll kill me otherwise. <laughs> right. Just the... It's so matter-of-fact about some of these metaphors. It's really... Yeah, yeah. I'm not paying you a royalty either for this, Pip. <laughs> This amplifier so you can hear it This piece of diction is the intro to distraction pieces That's all the shit that flies around my head and keeps me sleepless Such little food for four my I'll tell you what, the, the first time I heard this when I write, I claim It dyslexic. absolutely blew me away Put it in this envelope I'm setting fire to it, hope you all can read the smoke Most people where I live don't know me, and I fucking like it Some people where I live don't like me, and I fucking know it Some heads won't know my name or give me a look Since I flow kind of strange, that's fine a bit for the footprint Right, that's enough, that's enough <laughs> I think, um, I think that's Travis Barker on drums there Oh, right, <laughs> okay I, I mean, then, as a fan, I didn't know that I think that was that was the one. I think that was uh, Travis Barker on drums, and I think the um, oh god, he's going to kill me if I get this wrong. Yeah. The vocalist is who was the actress from Fifth Element? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Elu, the kid. The, is that what you mean? Mila Jovovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think mean. that's her. Another I think it's, um, smoking redhead. Yes, yeah, I yeah. think it's Danny um, from. Uh, Nine Inch Nails as well involved in this. I mean, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a uh, bit of a big one that one. Yeah, it's just like um, the the pop culture references, but said in such a matter of fact way. Just that I just I hadn't heard that done before. Yeah, just revived. Uh, I grew up with Pip's stuff, but yeah. that yeah, just sort of revived it again. Yeah. You know, the love of. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is. The songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. That that was the one because the, I, I remember like ringing him and saying, look, mate, like I'm, I've not just rung you up to blow smoke up your ass, but fucking hell, that is really good. And 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 it was exactly the same the first time I heard and saw the video to You Will See Me. 
So oh. I just thought, fucking hell, he has knocked that out of the park. And, and obviously Dan as well on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, there's something phenomenal. to be said for like, if you're such, you, if your best friends tell you something's good, it does depend how, what your definition of like best friends is, or your closest friends. Because yeah. I don't know if I've, for, I can only count on one hand the people that are close enough that I think they'd tell me if it was rubbish. So yeah. my best friends were always people that said it was great. Yeah. Probably what qualified him in my mind as best friends. But yeah. you could, for you to call up and tell him that, that's... Yeah. Your, your mum was at all of your shows, right? She's yeah. always been a, a massive... Like... Yeah. I wouldn't have... She she was the person who said... Um, she took me out to my first gig. Yeah, she announced. She was like, right, we've got to get you out of your bedroom and take you to... I think we went to somewhere weird like Great Lees or somewhere out in Essex. Um, for this weird open mic night in a big hall that was literally had, it was like after bingo Mm -hmm. and me. Um, Yeah, she just saw something or heard something in what I was doing and I wouldn't be doing it if she hadn't done that. I'd have made some intellectual excuse as to why I wasn't going to try and get popular with my music. It was just mine. It was my own little thing. What else was you considering at that point though? Because, you know, knowing you a long time now, you're ridiculously bright, Jordan. Thank and you. Light, That's sweet and, you and and obviously that Same. comes across in in your comedy as well, and and obviously in your songwriting. Um, but was there any sort of you know sort of out of school drinking? Like what 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 was going on career wise? What were you thinking? I was really ill for about four or five years, so I was sort of housebound for a long time, minus going out and drinking and so long as I wasn't too excited everything was fine I used to get like just over excited so yeah no career prospects just like oh, I'm just gonna see what happens now because I'm obviously I've I convinced myself I wasn't well enough to pursue anything I might have written books not necessarily to have made any money but that was what I wanted to do was to write um so I've kind of come full circle now I'm doing a lot more writing than music mm-hmm. right now I'll do a column for like Diva magazine mm-hmm. which is kind of what I wanted to be um, yeah, just I don't know. I've, I've, I don't think it's fair to say I've failed up, but I've always fallen into the next thing that I was going to do. Yeah, and then just gone hell for leather to make it work. Well, I, I don't want to get onto the comedy just yet, um, because I, I think the first sort of introduction that most people outside of your hometown probably saw you was, um, and and I hadn't seen you. Well. I guess it's a good time if you want to talk about trains to, to maybe talk about it now because I hadn't seen you probably in and around that time you said you was, you know, probably sort of housebound a lot of the time and yeah, ill. But yeah. I think at that point the club that you used to come and play at had shut down and I hadn't seen you. And then um, someone said, oh, Jordan's on The Voice. And I was like, amazing. And uh, and I thought, right, I'm... I'm because we went there was he was in a talent contest in South End, wasn't you? And oh I, my god! And I was a judge yeah. at that, and I come down and, and, and voted for you. Uh, right? Can we? I don't. This uh, this is worth it, all right? If we just labour on this just for one minute. All right. Right. So there's I do a bit in the set that I'm happy to repeat now. I hope you remember this, and if you don't remember it exactly, it doesn't matter. But you yeah. you probably remember the disturbance. Like I so tall dark friend was my stage name for many right. years. Now, have we I don't think we've had this conversation before. So you were a judge on this panel. Uh, it was the grand final. Semi, yeah, it was the grand final. Yeah, that, yeah, on yeah. South End Seafront. South End Seafront, yeah. off the side of a lorry, opposite where the, like, the um, uh, Sea Life Centre is. The That's arcades and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, coldest day of the year. 
Tall Dark Friend is a name that is really easily misheard by people and then they forget it and they try and re-remember it. It always usually comes out as Tall Dark Stranger. So on tickets and posters, I'm called Tall Dark Stranger. Yeah. Or something weird in the middle, like I was billed as a Tall Dark Forest in Manchester, which is weird. <laughs> That's just weird, but so is Tall I Dark Friend. I quite like that. Right, so there's all kinds of ones. But that gig that day, and it's... Right, so I'm waiting backstage, sitting on my keyboard... All of my friends are there. You're sitting there in the in the judging panel. I'm like, right, this is my big moment in music. And the lady announced me on stage, and it's like haunts me forever. But it has governed me. It's one of my biggest bits that people remember. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Long tall black man. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yes, do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> And I had to go on stage and be like, right, the weirdest thing about this is that nobody laughed. Yeah. An audience of people went, right, this well, seems legit. Oh, he's moment. not that yeah. long and he's not black. <laughs> this must be an avant garde thing. Long tall black man. What does oh, that even mean? What brilliant. Does even mean? When, I, when I advertise this podcast, can I put a special guest, <laughs> <laughs> long tall black man? Just, but that's not a mishearing it, that's misremembering. Someone's yeah. gone, what's his fucking name? Oh, talk, talk about it. yeah, yeah, and then she's just had to in the moment think of it, but she's just picked the first words out of her head. That oh, that's incredible. It's mental. I do not remember no. that. That's brilliant. And I just stood there in front of her, and I had to kind of, I was so nervous that obviously I had to address it, but I wasn't of that confidence yet to yeah. say anything. So like, no, no, <laughs> um, this is a song I wrote. <laughs> so now, yeah, it's just people like, oh, it's a long tall black man. What's this about? Yeah. <laughs> That's my, that's my, I love Long Tall yeah. Black Man. Oh, he's my new favourite act. <laughs> um, so sorry. So that was um, yeah. We, we, what were we saying about South End Seafront? Uh, oh, the voice. Oh, yeah, the, the voice. right. So I tell my wife and kids. I said, "My mate Jordan's on the Voice tonight." Right. And and then I see Jordan, and Jordan's a woman. Yeah. So done the whole switcheroo. Yeah. It's weird, like, um, for other people, it must seem like such a, a quick thing. Or we, yeah. Obviously, it was, like, any anything you have not seen. And it's only on, like, primetime terrestrial TV. That's yeah. that's a big thing. Um, I but, guess it would have been a two two years beforehand I'd made the change, yeah. the transition. And you was living in Tilbury at this point? Mm, where was I? Yeah. No, I had, had had since moved to Scotland. Right. That's what happened. So there's a little bit in between. My mum decided to move to Scotland. Um, so yeah, for a little while I was in Tilbury. I probably yeah, okay. So there's like a year where I decided I was going to do something about it, and then incrementally, here's a cool thing: some people that are transgendered, they I don't know, I couldn't give you a statistic, but um, for a certain kind of trans person, they will have a second life that they live, and they will go to safe places to be themselves, and then come back and have to live in this yep. work. I didn't do that because I do music for a living, so I could just do it, and they go, oh, Jordan's just being different today but I never went into reverse so one day I had like I got my other ear pierced so that's like one step forward yeah. never took a step back it was right today it's a bit of eyeshadow and then uh, like letting my hair out and grow and stuff and um, even with family I never then had to go to a family event and be like I'm gonna you know dress I never had that guilt and I think that's um, that was a much healthier way to do yeah. it but I do I mean some people don't get that privilege do they so then there's that you get this stereotype of these um, people like these these uh, trans women that have 
living these secret lives, which implies some kind of not criminal activity, but like a d dirty little secret. And it's not, they just don't have the opportunity to do yeah. it. So I lived out in the open and then you can't get more open than prime time telly. Yeah. So Andy, did you feel, did you feel any sort of responsibility for the trans community to, to, to go on, on, on TV yeah. and, and, you know, and I knew it was going to be a thing, but I hadn't even, I hadn't even been in a community yet. I hadn't really had that opportunity. They all came knocking once, obviously, on yeah. the voice. Then I'm suddenly headlining the, the trans nights and stuff. Yeah. Wonderful, brilliant. But I think a really important distinction to make when you talk about that is that saying like a trans community, of which there very much is, but they are there's as many different kinds of trans person as there is kinds of other person. Because sure. all you've done being trans is gone from one thing to another, a male to a female. Or, or vice versa, obviously. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily... Like, sometimes you're all standing in a, a a trans club. Like, the only thing we have in common is that we're all transgender, but we're all completely different. So I didn't feel like they were my people, necessarily. Half of them thought it was great that I was doing this. Half of them thought it was, like, sensationalism because I didn't represent them. Um just uh, at the time I was just concerned with like getting to the next bit yeah. doing as good a job as possible I think that's all you can do as a trans person whatever you do if you're a baker or a singer or whatever do it really well and yeah. be undeniably good at that thing you're doing then it stops being about being transgender kind of goes full circle to what you're saying about being at school just yeah if you're confident in what you're doing then just fuck do everyone else right yeah because imagine like like say being trans and then, I don't know, in my mind, it's like beating someone at darts in a pub. <laughs> like, if they had a go at you before, it's kind of like, I've offset this now. Look, at yeah. look, I, I'm, I'm still done. I'm still, like, achieved this thing that you've put, in, put inherent value on. I can't, it can't be that bad of a move that I yeah. made. Because, look, I still can play darts. Yeah. That's always what it goes through in my mind, playing darts. And I don't think I'm particularly good at darts. Yeah. Have you ever thought about putting a dartboard in the within, or is it too small? Um... Where would it go? Behind your head now? Maybe. Yeah. Do you know what? When I, when I built it, I did think... Sorry, when I built it. Brilliant. When I, paint, <laughs> when I painted the walls of the shed that was already here... Um, yeah, they, that, that is not actual exposed brick, is it? You no, no. Okay. It's, yeah, it's very, nice. very, very good. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Wallpaper. Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, I did toy with it. But um, do you know what? I think things like... Just to explain to anyone that's no idea what we're talking about. We're recording in, in my garden at the moment. I've got a tiny little shed that... Um, I've sort of converted into a little sort of bar type thing. It's a little man cave, I guess they're uh, they're known as. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got. It's been lovingly put together over time. It's got lots of things that I like on the walls and things like that, and uh, and it's got a little fridge with some booze in and a little bar top which has got two microphones on, so it means we can have these chats as well, which is which is lovely. Um, Whereas a yeah, like a traditional man cave might have darts and d yeah, dangerous activities that don't necessarily go well, well with podcasting. Uh, now I'm paranoid that I've just said man cave. It's a cave, right? <laughs> Can you say man cave anymore? Yeah. Oh right, I see what you mean. Uh, Is a it gender neutral cave? I mean, there's a lot of masculine imagery, but that just alludes more to your own personal proclivities than it like, does, doesn't it? It does look very masculine. Is it? I'm, I'm, I'm a, obviously a, a ridiculously big boxing fan, so I have lots of. It's uh, it's yeah. It's not a ch not a uh, like a teenage basement type man cave. It's a upmarket one. <laughs> <laughs> there's right. There's no pinups on the wall. There's no nothing like that, is there? There's no FHM cover of ladies. No. It's, it's, it's this is nice. 
No, it's uh, I've got a couple. I've just got some pictures of my favourite fighters. Yeah. And uh, and I've got my my hero Tony Wilson. I've got the NME cover on the wall of the the, the year that the, the week that he died. Sure. And uh, and a couple of film posters from a film from yeah. the late seventies called The Wanderers and. And Behind you, Jordan, American Wolf in London. A, a crucified stormtrooper in, I want to say, like a copper, rose gold. Dip, dipped in copper, courtesy yeah. of the artist Riker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's... That's, that's the, the inventory. That's <laughs> yeah, the that's within. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't even know why we got sidetracked. It's because I was saying about, about if I could beat someone in darts, then this is... I don't know, it's a relatable thing for me as a trans yeah. woman to have to do that. So... Arras, why well, I didn't have a darts board. Right, was, right. Was because... I like when I'm in here, but when I'm at, yeah. when you what? When I'm at, out. Sorry, yeah. that that was really <laughs> grave, wasn't it? Didn't have a consonant. When I'm it? at, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm generally working in nightclubs, sure. so I don't get to converse with people, mm. and so when I'm not, that's kind of one of the reasons I have this is because if I'm going to drink socially, or just meet with friends, or like what we're doing there, I don't like too many distractions. Sure. Um, because in clubs I can't relax in pubs I can't relax because uh, it's work to me um, oh right so yeah so you you if you surrounded yourself with those kind of my comforts yes. and I then know what's here and I'm looking in your eyes right. I'm talking to you and, and I'm happy and, like, yeah. and that's why I don't want things like dartboards and fruit machines because they're a distraction for other people and I, if you're in here let's talk yeah. And like, and sure. Because we've not we've not looked at our phones once. That's good. Oh, I did. I picked it up to put Pip's bloody record on. Sure. Uh, um, that's what I use my phone for. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I so, that. so you've you've you started to kind of romp your way through uh, the voice, right? I think I did okay. But they, they you get a lot of creative control, and I picked songs I really liked out of, of quite a vast library. But um, yeah, just. They all meant something. That first first song I did, um, a Bob Dylan song, Just Like a Woman. Jeff Buckley does a beautiful version. I'm kind of leaning into that. But I thought, oh, what an amazing opportunity to change those, like uh, repurpose those lyrics sure. into a, like a transgender anthem. So obviously it was on my mind to do that. Um, didn't get a turn. First time it had happened that someone didn't get a turn in the auditions. If you're not familiar with the format, listeners, people face away from you, four judges um, from the industry, um, they press a button and spin if they like what they hear. No one done that for me, so I didn't get that. And then I got called to say, oh, do you want to come back on the show? Um, you, you're first reserve and someone's dropped out. Um, and in retrospect, it's hard to deny that that must have it seems too much of a coincidence that I was a transgender person and the show is all about hearing before you see so my mm -hmm. voice doesn't necessarily match what you're going to see they turn they see me and then I'm oh right and now all of a sudden I'm back in the show um, I like that narrative it's like a bit of a weird little fairy tale I don't know how much of it was pre-engineered yeah. but same time I've got a lot of respect and love for the show no bad experiences yeah. apart from not getting a turn but that's of my own yeah but you went back on then, and and I've said to you before that, that obviously, at which point I, I was never someone that particularly would watch The Voice or the, the, the other sort of talent shows. It's not something that I'm a, a, a regular watcher of, but my mate's on it, you know, so you're going to yeah, watch, right? And, uh, and and I'm not going to lie. Like, when, when you performed Woman's Work... Kate Bush. Like, um, with, what was the gentleman's name? Theo Llewellyn. Beautiful voice as well. Legend. Amazing. Um, 
literally moved me to tears, and like, and it was absolutely beautiful. And I have showed so many people that clip and just gone like, "Oh yeah, Jordan Grant. Who's Jordan? This is Jordan." And yeah. like, and I've never had a response other than, "Wow." Like, it's because... a personal highlight, and I don't have like many of those. I've done six albums or seven albums. I don't yeah. list any of those songs necessarily amongst big highlights, yeah. but yeah, that's one of them. That that song that night, and so, that's a big song to take on. So like, Theo's got this insane voice. I think he teaches as well. He's beautiful, like technically amazing, easily the better singer in quality, like in any quantitative metric you can imagine. But I think the fact that the story of it was, you know, I'd had this on-screen conversation with Paloma about, please don't make me sing a Kate Bush song as a transgender woman because I ain't got that range. So I'm going to look like a parody of a woman and yeah. I have to live every day of my life like that. And she was like, just do what you do. Just sing. Don't worry about the register. So there's even a bit where I'm like, uh, oh, it's hard on the man. Like, like, yeah. Do the weird like Tom Waitsy thing yeah. almost in the middle, and it just offset it perfectly with Theo's incredible like falsetto, and then me doing this weird like feminine low register. Just we we decided straight away, let's make this the best that we can make it. Let's not. When compete. you step up at the end and and literally growl it out at the end, it's yeah. fucking powerful. It yeah. really is. I mean, it's on YouTube. Go and watch it, and and you you move by George and Paloma to tears. Oh, yeah, it's a uh, weird thing to be a part of when you think, oh, so there's a story happening. It's not just a song. There's a we're, we're saying something about like yeah. society or whatever. That's yeah, it's, it's amazing. So we've still got a bit, a bit to talk about because I want to sort of bring you right up to speed with what you're doing and what you've got coming up. But um, so post the voice, um, you you decide that maybe music's. Yeah, what you want to do? So I, I finished the show semi-finals. Really happy with that. Went on big tour as you'd expect. Played at all kinds of. How are we doing for? Time? It's not time after checking okay. the battery life. Oh, that was sure. all. Okay. No, go on. Um, a whole uh, tour of uh, lots of prides as you would expect. I'm suddenly yep. the the transgender person. Um, how do you, how's, how's that feel? Great. Just like you uh, looking at rainbows all day long can give you a little bit of a headache, but yep. apart from that, it's really nice. It's just colourful, lovely people. Um, yeah, just made a little name in the scene there. I, then I started giving talks and hopefully inspiring people. I got lovely messages that they are the thing I hold as a highlight, a career highlight. Messages from like kids that aren't sure and parents that are like, I don't know what to say to my kid. Like, it's, that That's the, the real pleasure out of doing all of this. And then I released a single and I wrote a song that I quite liked called uh, Platinum. And it was a song about the music industry, but the metaphor is like... Uh, uh, do you it's a, like a love story right so do you remember when our love went gold top 10 I'm, I don't know why I'm singing it like William Shatner but, yeah yeah so it's alright the, the the metaphor is a, a, a being in the music industry and it's a love story so for me it hit, ticks both bosses I'm really happy with it it got so homogenised by them just throwing money at it in a studio going well what if we stick this beat on here and change this bit that it came out sounding like everything else that was out there and it wasn't nothing special about it and it costed a hundred times more than I've paid for anything in my entire life and I just realised nobody up here knows what they're doing everyone's following a formula we had a chance to do something really special and we made something that was alright and if people out there if you listen to if you're a fan thank you it's alright it's quite I think it's quite good the video we got loads of money to make it 
and then forgot how to be creative because you suddenly got money so that you don't have to be resourceful. Yeah. So it's like, oh, right, what goes in a video? Um, oh, people love boobs. <laughs> I'll get that in. I think we, we got, um, and again, um, thank you for your hard work. Got this beautiful Marilyn Monroe impersonator in a pink, sh- six foot pink champagne glass spinning around. Yeah. Great, it's beautiful, but it doesn't, I mean, that's on the list of things that you'd put in a music video. Yeah. Like, that sounds like a gangster rap music video. We just yeah. ticked the box. American Muscle Car, got to have one of them. Um, just spent a load of money and made something really homogenous. And I was like, right, that's it. Don't do this anymore. So I I had a... We didn't hit the top 40. Did hit the top 100. I think we got to 112, though. I was like, this is everything I've ever known. I very foolishly, like... So I got dropped from the label. They didn't want me anymore. And I just um, very stupidly thought, oh, that's it now. I've got nothing to live for. So I stepped out in front of a car because we didn't hit the top 100. And when you say it out loud, that says there's something wrong there. Yeah. You can't have made your whole life about something that arbitrary. I was like, this is dangerous. Don't do this anymore. And the fact that when you say it like that, it, it's kind of a joke. I was like, that's where I've got to be. I've got to. I've got to start embracing the ridiculous irony of this whole situation. And that's what a comedian's whole job is, is to start looking at things. And so you step out in front of the car, you, you wanted to end your life? Yeah. yeah, wow. yeah. But in retrospect, I obviously wasn't that invested because it had like 400 yards to go. So but in my mind, I was like, this is it, I'm done now. And it was, I, I say, for, I, I don't know anything about metrics. It could have been, it was too far away to really have killed me. Yeah. But... Unless you, if you would have moonwalked, maybe that right, would exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if I had fallen over, it was dark. So I didn't mean to take it to a dark place. It's a good thing came out of it. That's the point. Is that yeah. what a joke? And right, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I did on a podcast that didn't get released. So here we go. I tell right, you now. Okay, exclusive. This is the point. Look, with you guys, the one that we didn't release. Oh, I was fuck talking that about one. This. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I. I stepped out in front of this car and in my mind, this is it. I've, I've resigned everything. I'm never going to do anything ever again. It's fine. Um, and in my mind, I'm humming, um, there is a light that never goes out by the Smiths. I'm like, right, this is my, this is this romantic end to the situation. I right, It's bearing his chest to me now. To um, and I didn't get hit. The car grinds to a halt and I stepped out to the other side of the road and about halfway home, I realised I wasn't humming there is a light that never goes out with the Smiths. I was humming Waltz and Matilda, the Australian bush ballad. Yeah. Yeah. That's that when I realised things... Yeah, it's a joke. Everything's just a big joke. Waltz and Matilda. Like, I would have gone out my final moments of life humming this, like... It's a tune, bush ballad. Oh, yeah, sure. But Tom Waits has a very nice version. It does. And... Actually, when I looked at the lyrics later, it's about a fellow that drowns himself in a billabong. So I think that's right. I think it is. So sort of poignant. But now uh, that cosmic irony of that is invaluable. I'm like, right, everything is a big joke. People were right. Let's get in on this. If I'm going to be a joke, I might as well be in on it. And you take it down from the inside. So it just made perfect sense in that that night. That was like, right, I'm going to be a comedian now. I'm going to be... You know, make sense of everything that's happened in the last 10 years. So how does someone decide they're going to be a comedian? Obviously, you know, we know the backstory because you just said that, but like, uh, what did you think, well, I'm going to go and watch a load of comedy and I'm going to write a routine? Yeah, every single night I went to a place called Top Secret Comedy in uh, uh, Drury Lane. I love it. I love the fact it was that top secret <laughs> you uh, yeah. can't actually remember. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. It's, it's like in London. And I was in the front row with a book every night. So I think half the comedians thought I was a comedy reviewer. So they never asked me anything. They never yeah. be like, what do you do? 
because they didn't want to interrupt yeah. the flow of what was going on. So I just had this perfect front row seat every night to up and coming comics and like TV people. Yeah, and then so I, I this incident took place in November, and then by April, April first on yeah. purpose, moved into comedy because then it's like cosmic irony. Like this is still an April Fool's joke that I'm doing now. My dad still thinks that I'm doing like a like a whacking phoenix, like changing career. Yeah. And I'm, I'm eventually I'm going to be like, no, I'm still yeah. a singer. Um, so how was the first gig? Terrifying, but the material was all right. How long did you do? Five minutes, uh-huh. standard, just a cheeky little five. I'd just come out of, uh, I'd had a boob job in January, and then I was so up there high on like, I don't know, something, uh, with all the straps and everything on. And I think that probably helped quite a lot, because my opener, I was in a dressing gown and everything, and I said, I think I'm probably a little underdressed for this occasion, but they do say dress for the job you want, and I don't really want one if I'm honest. And that was a great little opener. <laughs> really nice way to open the first gig. And then since then, I've had to dress down for every gig to make that opener work. Yeah. It's my style. And so, you then, you know, we, we've spoke since and, and I don't know that you've just gone at it like a, every other stand-up does. It's just yeah, gig, 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 time. gig, right? The one year in and I'm, I'm doing my hour at Edinburgh and I can't, like, I'm not naive to the fact I had 10 years on stage. I just yeah. never told a joke before. But you... Getting over that feeling of am I allowed to be here holding a microphone, that's a big thing. New comics don't even have that yet. So I was lucky that I was like, right, well, I've done this before. This is familiar. Don't have a piano. That's scary. But I think that's, I think stage, like being on stage is like, it does give you that confidence. I said to, before we do the live shows, like Chris has never been on stage. And like, what donkey's years of being in bands and fronting bands and stuff. For me, it was like I was nervous, but not yeah. that bothered. Whereas Chris was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit nervous." Yeah, about I this never and, thought about that, but and take it for granted, didn't we? It's like an area of that you're not allowed to walk into, like under the wing of a plane. You're yeah. not allowed to go there, and it's yeah. like feels like that. If you've not been on stage before, it's like, Am I, "Can I walk out to the front there?" And it is that what you said um, not not too long ago when you said like you know it's feeling like you know you you've earned the right to be here. Like, you know, I am worthy of doing this. And yeah. because you always feel, you know, when I was doing bands or, you know, prime example is podcasting, right? Right. Screw his pips a podcaster, right? Sure. I'm not. I'm his mate, you know. and By proxy. You, you know, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not a proper podcaster. And it's like, and it's weird, you know, and, and that's why, as I said to you before we started recording this evening, I said, you know, I'm going to probably be a bit nervous for these ones because I'm so used to having Chris sitting alongside me and right. and the podcast being predominantly more lively and stupid rather than sort of more life story and 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 okay. and, and so yeah. Some... But when do you think you? Because I've this is a big thing about. Uh, I don't expect to get to a certain fresh, you know, a certain not. I've done this two right. years. I'm now a legitimate podcaster. Yeah, so you know, where's it... my certificate? Yeah. Like, but what, 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 what is going to give you that feeling of? Do you think it's going to just be an invisible thing that happens? You don't realise, and then in someone asks you in four years, what do you do? You know, I'm podcaster. I guess so. I don't like, know. Yeah, it, I don't know. it is weird that what we build our identity around. Yeah. And so in music, you have to hit thresholds to get there it's well like, this was it when you said yeah. about hitting the you know not hitting the top 100 had such a yeah. you know what a ridiculous mindset so you know yeah. to base your you know to judge your creativity that's it on someone's spending habits right right and, like, the, and the, the fact that that is so up and down yeah 
based on different factors. But comedy isn't like that. It's, can you get on stage and make somebody laugh? I think if you, someone laughs, you're a comedian. Yeah. If you haven't got a laugh yet, you're an aspiring comedian. That's that's it. Yeah. Some people don't like to use the word comic or comedian or like professional comedian. Well, I mean, that's obvious if you're being paid for it. But yeah, so I like that aspect of it as well. Just, well, if I'm making you laugh, does it matter? Like, what, you know? I call myself as just an aspiring comic. Okay, well, look, we've got one track left, and uh, and we like to close the podcast by asking the guests to pick a song that they think a lot of the listeners might not know, yeah. and uh, and that you would like to direct them in the way of your playlist on Spotify to go and yeah have a listen. This is the. He's doing so well on this podcast. This is like super. You call yourself not a podcaster. That was the most like so relaxed into it. Like you're just settling down for the night into your couch. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah. Once yeah. you start it's getting great. aware of things like that, then you start <laughs> becoming partridge, and you have right. to be really careful. I uh, I do a little radio show in Brentwood, and I once came out of an Eminem song by saying I caught myself being partridge. It's like. Uh, guess who's back? Back again. Uh, Shane's oh, back. God. Tell a friend. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's so brilliant. hard to... But, um, right, so this is, like, the the title track from this artist's biggest album. One of the biggest posthumous selling albums of all time. And not enough people know that. So not enough people know this artist in general. So to pick one of their most famous songs, I think is fine. Jeff Buckley, uh, to me, is the closest thing as an atheist that would make me believe that there was like angels in real life. He's the, just a magical thing. Um, everyone knows him for his cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. And I don't think that's, and he did some great covers, incredible covers in his career. But Grace, the title track from the album Grace, um, is just this beautiful response to like what was happening at the time. There's all grunge happening. Mm-hmm. And he went completely the other way and he got like a string section yeah. in an orchestra. And it's, yeah, so Grace is this, it's a bit of magic and. Um, I think people, their souls will benefit from from sort of, uh, you know, resting. In and that. he he passed by it like, uh, obviously, you know, he's he's he passed away. But uh, during the the time when when Grace come out and uh, when, when did it come out, Grace? Ninety four. Yeah, yeah. Like so um, a year later. So it's though. kind of, I guess, commercially maybe, yeah, uh, maybe the sort of. Probably just over the peak of grunge, I guess. Yeah. And like, um, I think it might have been a bit before. Cause I think he died in '94, so yeah. it was '93, Yeah, and you know, I suppose grunge was at its peak, maybe '92, '93, and yeah. And being a big fan of all that music and and music at that point, like Buckley, just kind of wasn't wasn't mainstream it wasn't coming through to the masses it was yeah. you know it was it was a bit of a the head's got it and you know and then it was kind of afterwards really i think after he passed away that people were like you dickheads look what you missed out yeah, on this, like, this magic that was it like it's cerebral music but not on purpose just yeah. super musical is a weird thing to say but like he so he's he loved grunge as well he's really into mm. crazy metal he's got a song on um what's it called but yes, yeah, so there's a, there's a, like a full on metal track on the album Grace as well. Yeah. Um, and it and live it it gets crazy, but it came from folk. Obviously, Tim Buckley's father is all of his influences came from like that the deepest like richest jazz. Nina Simone and 
don't know, just I don't know if he knew what he was that he was reacting to grunge or if he just was trying to stand out and that's what happened. But there's a variant of sounds on, on you know in his stuff. I mean, obviously he does the Smiths cover, and yeah. and um, and what's the track that's not on Grace? Everybody here loves you. Everybody here wants um, you. Everybody ooh, wants ooh. you. Sorry, oh, yeah. Like just like R and B type vibe going on. That that could be Jodeci. That could yeah. be uh, uh, you know that was just it's just pure R and B and it's beautiful it's incredible there's a really nice video for that so then the album after that sketches for my sweetheart the yeah. drunk i think it was called there's like scar on there which is rave like yeah. there's re- like i could have picked something from that my point is that not enough people know about buckley full stop um so that's why grace the title track is a i think a great introduction yeah that may that's because then if you you will want to listen to more after you've yeah. heard grace yeah it's just the last goodbye what a beautiful ah uh, man did michael jackson and jeff buckley are the two artists that Oh, or I had to get them on the list somehow yeah. and it just seemed yeah. organic um, and I've always tried to inhabit a space halfway between the two which sounds really paradoxical but that's whatever like my whole career has been that halfway between those two people definitely and I, and, yeah. I, and I think when you wow I can hear Jackson yeah, in it it's like the energy that he's holding in and Buckley's letting it all out in one yeah. big go Jackson lets it out in little bursts yeah. and it's halfway between the two so yeah, just. To... I mean, that's 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 a good place to be between them two, right? Man, oh, magic! All right, well, look. Before we finish up, <laughs> I've literally just leant on the bar and done the thing where your elbow slips off. Oh, <laughs> so I could have started it out and not. See, you said I was getting smooth at it, and then look what happened. You've just thrown me now, <laughs> and you fell off my own bar stool. Um. So you're back in Essex. You're now. Yeah, I mean. You're by the seaside, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm. Oh, it's a really nice place to spend. I go to the beach every morning now, rain or shine, and uh, try and come up with some jokes while I'm looking at the sea. It's nice. Lovely. Yeah, Westcliff. Lovely. So I'm going to say the obvious thing, which is um, two questions, which is going to be what are you up to and where can people find out about you? But I know what you're up to. You're going to Edinburgh, right? Yes, Edinburgh Fringe. My first year doing an hour at a place called The Caves, which is quite well known, but you, you'll find it. It's 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 a place called The Caves. Uh, 8.50 to 9.50 every night. Fantastic. People Change is the name of the show. So you, you come and see it. It's, I think it's quite good. In fact, got some comedy songs in there as well. I definitely talk about the long tall black man thing in there <laughs> it's the best town by it ever brilliant oh that's fantastic yeah. um best of luck with that jordan thank you very much thanks for this is um, so cool this is nice to be back and, and i know you're gonna smash it because you're good at what you do very and sweet you've always been good at everything i've seen you do so what should we do next what should i do after this after comedy um i would like to see you fight crime <laughs> <laughs> that, weird that you would say that that was before I wanted to be anything about legitimately to uh, probably an unhealthy age I was yeah. going to be a vigilante maybe about 15 I was like nah this is not happening now and I'd already Brilliant. started music by then that would have been incredible be just all these scallies in yeah. Tilbury going I got fucking nicked by that ginger lollipop <laughs> <laughs> long tall black man <laughs> <laughs> oh what a suit that would be <laughs> Jordan, where can people find out about you? Everything at Tall Dark Friend. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Or just follow me. Just, I mean, I'm leaving the whiff in right now. Although the temporal nature of time is that I would be gone by the time people hear this. I might be here. You know, I do hang around the place. 
Do whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's all dark, friend. I can't get <laughs> long, tall black man out of my head. That's amazing. Joel, thank you very much. Cheers, cheers. See, see you later. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm sure you did. Um, not because of me. You wouldn't enjoy me rattling on. But Jordan's great. She's, as I said, she's smart. She's funny. And she's quick. She's so quick. And I guess that's why she's an incredible comedian. Um, so, yeah, go and follow Jordan. Um, she told you about where you can find her on her social medias. And if you're in Edinburgh, make sure you check her show. And... You're, you know, you're going to hear a lot more on the Distraction Pieces Network from Jordan anyway. She's a good mate of, of mine, Chrissy's and Pip's, so I'm sure she'll she'll pop back up on a on a hardcore listing. We we always like to have her on stage at the live shows as well. So, um, yeah, long may that um, relationship continue. So thanks a lot, and um, and I'll see you soon for another episode. See you later. Bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mmm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.